I geek out about P90X3 MMX. I geek out about the MBTA and how I'm going to fix it. I geek out about U.S. Quidditch. Hi, welcome to the She Geeks Out podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. And we co-founded and run She Geeks Out. We support a dynamic community of women through events, networking, and education. Our events are designed to bring amazing women together to eat, drink, and learn in a beautiful space. We connect like-minded, passionate women from all walks of life, and we exist to provide a welcoming network, mentor each other, support girls, and and encourage encourage every woman woman to proudly fly their geek flag. Felicia, hello. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> or should I say Rachel, hello? Rachel, hello. You could say either way. It will mean this. We could say aloha. And there's say probably, hola. We could say hola. And there's probably, um, there's many, many other We could say ways. hello in a many, yeah. many different but ways. It, but we're not going to do that because <laughs> no one sh- wants to hear that. Pretty sure nobody wants to hear that. So we're just going to tell you guys about our next interviewee, our next guest who is incredible. Yeah, she is a brilliant woman. She is the executive director of Science Club for Girls, yeah. Lonsdale. Yeah. Wonderful lady. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who do not know, we have a, a pretty um, great relationship with Science Club for Girls and it's been something we've been committed to from kind of the beginning. Yeah. Um, and we'll obviously get into that into the episode and, and talk all about that. But yeah. she is really smart and just has done so many cool things. Yeah. So she tells us a little bit about Obviously, about the work from science, from science Club for Girls, but she also talks about um, how what she sort of did before that, which was working for the Deval Patrick administration, which was I could have I wanted to ask her about a million questions, but we just didn't have time for it. Yeah, so. and she geeks out about finance of yeah. all things. Wow, <laughs> she loves the, num- the numbers tell a story. Yeah, she tells us. So we hope you enjoy. Yeah, have a listen. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna get started here. All right, we're ready to roll and rolling. And scene. <laughs> now that's the end. So we're actually recording right now. So yeah, so, yeah. so we're here with Lonsdale, who is um, the executive director of Science Club for Girls. I'm Felicia. I'm Rachel. And this is our our SGO podcast. Yeah, so exciting <laughs> episode number to be determined. TBD. But <laughs> thank you, Lonsdale, for coming. Welcome. Thank you so much. What a treat! My yeah. first ever podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not really experts yet, but <laughs> we're still very. We're, we're but I would have no way of knowing that. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> well. So and we so we actually met you. Gosh, when you like took over for for Science Club for Girls. Which yes, was... it's been a year and a half. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I think we met fairly early on. Yeah. Maybe exciting. about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. And we should also maybe say why we love Science Club for Girls. Well, and... yeah, we should we should backtrack a little yeah. bit. So um yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit in our origin story. Yeah. But when we first started doing I don't actually know if you know this, Lonsdale, but when we first started um doing our initial meetups, we had made a decision to charge for it because we wanted people to actually show up. Um Skin but we in the game. Yeah, we weren't really looking to like, you know, make a million dollars off of this. So we were like, okay, well let's donate in year two. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time. Um, so we were like, let's donate the money to a, a local nonprofit that kind of aligns with what we're trying to go after. And so Science Club for Girls came up and it was just sort of this like really Woo-hoo. obvious fit. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for all of your generous support, financial and otherwise. Yeah. So all I think the feels. We've had, <laughs> we've had, um, we've obviously given money, but we've also had 
people from Science Club for Girls in to speak. We've, I think, had some girls come in and talk about some of the programs that they've been involved with. Um, I was interviewed for one of your documentaries, which is really fun. Yes. Um, I think that's still out there. Is that out there on YouTube still? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I even went to the screening, which is really fun. And um, the girls did like a panel and it was, it was really great. Yeah. Um, And then you're here tonight to talk to our, um, our women who are coming for our networking event. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe we can hear from you about, tell us all about Science Club for Girls and why we know it's wonderful, but What's the pitch? Let's hear it. (laughs) 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 The pitch. It's awesome. Science Club for Girls is a local nonprofit organization that does after school uh, experiential programs for underrepresented girls in science, technology, engineering, and math. So short version. Long version is all women are underrepresented in STEM. I think y'all at She Geeks Out know that pretty well. Uh, But particularly women of color, particularly women from low-income backgrounds, and we are really fired up about closing that gender um, and race and economic income gap in STEM. The opportunity there is just humongous for women, girls to take charge of their future and change the world, like literally, mm-hmm. um, in these amazing careers. And there are tons of jobs out there, and we want our girls to be competitive for them. So um, we are about fostering community, confidence, curiosity, excitement, sisterhood, all yeah. those good things. Um, it's all about kind of the hands-on, the fun really sparking that enthusiasm that will then carry a girl all the way through. Key thing to say is that all of our programs are free for their girl, the girls and their families. Cost is a massive barrier of access mm-hmm. in the Boston area. Uh, they're great programs here, world-class institutions. We all know them. We all love them. Uh, we can't all afford them. So uh, we're big on the free. And all of our programs are led by mentors, people like you, like me, like us, um, who are women in STEM or just women who are excited about being advocates in STEM who serve as mentors to guide the girls on their journeys. I love it. So good. Me too. Pretty excited about it. What's the age range for the girls who are involved? Kindergarten through 12th grade. Oh, it's from kindergarten up. I thought it was middle school. Oh, Yeah. So you have interacted, I think, mostly with our teenagers, um, our middle schoolers and our teenagers. We started in 1994 as a kindergarten club. So there were two moms. Moms know all the things and they do. (laughs) They get fired up. Two moms in Cambridge were approached by the principal of their daughter's elementary school. This principal was very into math education and had done a lot of work there kind of saw the next frontier as science education and wanted to start after-school programs for girls in science at the school. Uh, Saw a real need for that and said, hey, parents, who's in to do this? And these two moms who didn't know each other, except that they had two daughters in this class together, kind of looked around and said, we'll do it. And they had no idea what was going to happen. They put up a flyer and they thought they might be able to fill a club, maybe if they were Mm -hmm. lucky. So much interest that they had to have two clubs. Oh, wow. Uh, in 1994. And so they had two little kindergarten clubs doing fun things after school. And 22 years later, here we are. We're grown up. We're legal. And um, <laughs> we are now kind of, we've grown along with the girls from yeah. kindergarten as they've aged up and are now all the way through 12th grade. Oh, wow. that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. About 1,200 girls a year uh, with about 240 mentors in this past year in Cambridge, Newton, Brookline, Lawrence, and Boston. Amazing. Okay. Yep. So how'd you get here? 
I got here, a couple of different things all happened at the same time. So I have a daughter. This is the crucial part. I have a daughter. She is six going on seven. She is obsessed with math and science. Um, and I was not that kid. I was perfectly good at those subjects. And I had wonderful teachers who were encouraging. I had wonderful parents who were encouraging. I had every opportunity. Like I, I am not one of the people that was like shut down or discouraged. Right. It just wasn't, frankly, my interest. I was interested in other things. But my daughter is really interested in science, math, that stuff. Um, and it's great. And I really am, as a parent, looking for ways to encourage that. My career has taken me around a lot of different ways. But the one theme has been um, economic justice, access and opportunity, um, sometimes in education, sometimes in other areas. But I was kind of, I was looking for a job anyway. I had been a political appointee in Governor Patrick's administration, had loved that work on his campaigns and in the administration. Uh, but that his term was coming to an end. I was ready to move on. Um, and so I was looking around, wanted to get to something smaller, go back to nonprofits where I had been before, wanted to be in a cause that I really could get excited about and really just dig into. Um, and I had kind of all of this land in my brain at one time and an experience with my own daughter at the MIT Museum. Uh, I had sort of my feminist epiphany at the MIT Museum. Who has ever said that <laughs> I before? Mean, that's a good place to have it, right? I, right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time there. <laughs> they build themselves that way. Um, and where she was watching these videos of different, y'all may have heard me tell this before, but she was watching different videos of students doing whiteboard presentations about simple science concepts. And there were maybe 15 or 16 little videos on a big touch screen. And they were pretty diverse, uh, visually at least, except in age, because they were all students. And about half men, half women, she was four at the time. And she clicked and she clicked. She would not move until she had watched all the ones that she wanted to watch. And I thought, okay, here we go. TikTok, <laughs> let's go. Your one-year-old brother is getting a little antsy in the stroller. Can we move? And I realized after three that she had clicked all girls. And I thought, huh. That's kind of interesting. And I reached over to click one of the guys to see if she, you know, and said, let's see what he has to say. And she grabbed my hand. She's got a lot of personality, and this was totally typical of her. And she just grabbed my hand and she said, mm -mm, only want to watch the girls. <laughs> and I just thought, like, what I knew intellectually about, you know, you can be who you can see yep. just struck me in an entirely new way sure. in that moment at the MIT Museum of all places. And so I just thought it matters. It really matters. And I thought for her, she's so fortunate. We live in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Right. She goes to an awesome school. We have amazing friends and colleagues and networks. She learned to ride her bike in the Radcliffe Quad at yeah. Harvard because that's our neighborhood. And she just sort of assumes that like all of this opportunity is available to her. And it is, which is great. But that's not true for everybody. And that mm. drives me nuts. Right. And so like days later... I saw this job that said Science Club for Girls, and I didn't know anything about the organization except the name Science Club for Girls. And I just was like, that. Pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. I want to do <laughs> wow. that. And um, luckily for me, they did. They picked you. That yeah. is so nice. Such a nice story. Yeah, I love it. Um, so what is a typical day like for you? And I know you've mentioned this briefly, but your past has been in areas like government, you've been a CFO, you've been sort of all over the place. Um, and now you're the executive director for a much smaller group. Um, obviously, the mission is, is a little different than, you know, Governor Patrick's 
administration was, I imagine. <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> what, what does a typical day look like for you? I wish there were a typical day. That would be great. <laughs> uh, no, it's all over the place, which is one thing I really love about it yeah. is that um, I get to, the consistent thing is that I work with awesome people. Uh, we have an amazing mission. The girls themselves are enough to just get you going and keep you going for forever. Um, but I do everything, a little bit of everything, a lot of cheerleading. I was never a cheerleader as a girl. Um, I was a little bit of a tomboy and a jock, but I find <laughs> that I do have maybe not the legs for it, but <laughs> the lungs for it. And I get um, kind of fired up about talking to people about this great stuff. And so there's a lot of either in-person conversation, getting people fired up and finding out what fires them up right. and saying, look, you're excited about that. We have that. We do that. We're yeah. excited about the same things. Let's do it together. Uh, a lot of that. Um, sometimes that's on social media. Sometimes it's a speech. Sometimes it's in a grant proposal. Mm-hmm. Usually a little more boring when yeah. it's in a grant proposal. <laughs> um, but... Equally a cheerleading moment. And then, you know, there's also just the day-to-day of figuring out policies and procedures yeah. and and that kind of stuff of keeping it going and making sure that this is a sustainable thing right. um, and that we have at least 22 more years ahead of us, yeah. if not some multiple or exponent or whatever of that. I'm not a mathematician. I find <laughs> that out very clearly. Um, and some of the finance. So I still get mm-hmm. to do that, which I love and it's easy for me to geek out about. So <laughs> not, to, not to pre-get to the question about what makes you geek out, but numbers kind I of mean, do. We can go there. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, good for you, but I am not... <laughs> I do not geek out about finance, so I'm glad that people like you are out there. I geek out about it a little bit, but I'd prefer, <laughs> prefer at certain times to, to not have to. Um, so a lot about that and a lot of just kind of telling the story and communicating the vision and kind of saying, here's where we're going. Come with us. Yeah. Speaking of here's where we're going, I have a, I have a question. Um, so where where do, where is Science Club for Girls going? Bigger, broader. Maybe broad is not the word to use in a girls' uh, organization. Own it. We are growing. That is what we are doing, and that is where we are going. So we are right smack dab in the middle of a three-year plan for organizational growth. Um, and that involves a couple of different things. One is, as I mentioned, we've grown up over time now that we're grownups in our 22nd year of life. And it's been organic mm-hmm. and has had a lot to do with who's been part of the organization at if- different times and what the need has been. And so we're really strong in some curriculum areas and really need to fill some gaps in some other areas. So we are making sure that for all of our grade levels, we have curriculum across all of the STEM disciplines to That's make sure massive. that it's, a, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is, but it's so important. I think one of the, you know, even though our name is Science Club for Girls, and I'm not planning on changing that anytime soon because it's wonderfully descriptive. Like you, No yeah. one will confuse us with football club for boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but science makes you think that we only, quote unquote, sure. do science when we actually do quite a lot of other STEMI things. Right. And so we want to make sure that the curriculum really speaks to that uh, because we love that we're diverse in that way yeah. because girls are interested in lots of things. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe chemistry is not their gig. Maybe they really like circuits or maybe they really like, I don't know what. Uh, and we want to 
kind of help them explore that interest um, and and have an opportunity to keep exploring it, maybe not just in that one grade, but in a couple of grades. And then maybe three years later, if they're with us for that amount of time, and we hope that they are, um, they might say, oh, actually, now that I'm older, I'm interested in this thing over here. And we want to be able to say, great, we can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're broadening our curriculum and that kind of thing. That's incredibly exciting to be yeah. able to offer kind of new, fresh things. Um, we're also just growing overall, adding clubs, left, right, center, up, down, here, there. It has been phenomenal. We set a goal at the beginning of last fiscal year to grow 50% in terms of participation over three years. Okay. And we thought that's, a you know, that's aggressive but not crazy. Yeah. Let's be somewhere in that range of ambitious but not insane. We grew 24% just this year. <gasps> wow. That is so great. It is. It so is. You're like, I think we're on track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things are going well in that regard. Uh, there's incredible demand for the programs. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been really neat to see what we can do when we kind of put a number out there and say, this is what we're going to aim for, and then find that we can do it. Well, I mean, like how great that it's not a matter of you hunting down these girls who are not interested, but right. more about how can you accommodate the interest that already yeah. is there. Which Absolutely. I think is wonderful. Oh, there's so much demand for for the programs. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm th- I'm proud of the amount of growth that we had. We had 32% growth in the number of club-related mentors this year, which has been That's huge. phenomenal, particularly in Lawrence where we've kind of struggled mm, yeah. to get mentors connected with our clubs because it's re- they're after school. Uh, which means yeah. that if you are a working professional, it's really hard to commit every single week, which is what we require for like an entire semester for multiple hours on a particular day. Um, and people want to make that commitment. And hard, though, employers yeah. are very, very supportive of it. But at the same time, like you just the logistics of it kind mm-hmm. of smack you in the face sometimes. And you're like, I really can't do that. And that's been a, a struggle in Lawrence. Uh, here in the metro Boston area, we're really lucky to have colleges and universities where we've got undergrads, graduate students who have a little bit more schedule flexibility yeah. to jump in and serve as mentors as well. But this year, we have made some real progress in Lawrence after kind of throwing as much staff effort as possible at it. And in this coming year, we've got a partnership brewing with Merrimack College oh, and the nice. uh, College of Science and Engineering, which we are super excited about um, to really finally make a connection to higher education up there, uh, which is phenomenal for us from the mentor leading club point of view. But the real benefit of it is for the girls yeah that they get connected with awesome women who look like them mm-hmm. uh, and yes. are inspirational and are not like these role models that you see on tv which are great but are like role models who are in relationship with them sitting next to them not not in front of them but like next to them supporting them right loving them cheering them on yeah, yeah it's good things it's Kind of amazing. So is the is the way that you get these mentors primarily through partnerships with colleges and universities or are there other It's about half and half. So about half of our mentors come from colleges and universities. Um, we are organized on four, soon to be five, campuses as campus chapters, quote unquote. So oh, okay. the girls at um, Harvard, Wellesley, Boston College, and Northeastern University are campus clubs called Science Club for Girls Campus Chapters. Mm -hmm. And so they are equivalent to the 
intramural field hockey yeah. and the newspaper and all that kind of stuff. They're organized campus groups, which gives them access to student activities funds, which gives them access to rooms and all kinds of campus resources to organize. Great. They do a ton of recruiting for us uh, and kind of supporting the, their community of mentors on their campus and connecting. Some of them connect with particular sites. Some of them spread out all over the place. Um, Northeastern is one that hosts clubs on their campus. So I think we have five or six different clubs clubs going on on Northeastern's campus every Saturday morning. Um, and it's incredible that they have us in. The mentors are all from Northeastern. It's an amazing experience for our girls to be you know, doing this stuff yeah. at Northeastern. It's not even in science classrooms, it's particularly. It's not labs or anything. It's just classrooms. But to be on a college campus is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, just that exposure even oh. and being like, oh, this is what college campuses look like. Right. And- it's a real thing. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'm not from the Boston area. Uh, so I'm still kind of flabbergasted by the number of different colleges and universities <laughs> here. And I don't think I could actually, without a whole lot of effort and some kind of algorithm, figure out how to get from place to place in Boston without stepping on a college campus somehow. <laughs> but there are yeah. kids in our programs that have never been on a college campus. And so to be able to do things like that through our campus chapters is um, is incredible. So about half of our mentors come that way. The other half are working professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got this really neat layer of mentors called junior mentors, mm-hmm. which started, again, organically as we were growing and girls aged up through fifth grade and middle school. They said, we still want to be part of the club and we'd love to help teach. Is that a, is that a thing that we could do? And um, in the true spirit of grassroots nonprofity things, um, everybody was like, yep, that'd be great. <laughs> Let's figure that out. Let's do it. Not turn down support. <laughs> right, exactly. And so these girls who are teenagers sign up to be junior mentors, and they provide near-peer mentorship for the littler girls. And they're also being mentored by the for lack of a better word, grownups in, in the room. And so in a perfect world, you have a situation where you're in an elementary school classroom, got these little girls sitting next to a junior mentor who's a teenager, and there's a college campus chapter woman there and a working professional. And this little girl doesn't have to imagine what it would take to get from age six to 36. I am um, now looking in the rearview mirror at age 36. So that seems so young to me. But when I was six, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's really ancient. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't imagine like all the things that would happen that I would need to do and would happen to me between six and 36. But I could imagine what it would be to be a, a young teenager and then to kind of take that next mental step to a college-age person, and then from there to a professional. And so that imaginative leap is not so hard, and the girl can really see herself on a path. That's pretty neat. And these junior mentors are a key part of that. Um, And it's developed over time into a real leadership development program Mm, for them. So they're getting to do the stuff that they love, which is science, and they get to do it for girls that look like them and that they understand in a really unique way. Uh, and they also get to develop their skills as teachers, as communicators, as everything. Uh, it is such an important and empowering program. For and you them. know, you know, what blows my mind about your organization is how absolutely incredible it is and multifaceted it is. And I don't think enough people know about it. So I genuinely hope that everybody listens to this because it's really, it's so moving. To, to hear you talk about it and how how much it's so much more than 
a science club. You know, <laughs> there's so much more to it. And yeah, and so thanks for it, sharing. It is well, like unpeeling an onion. It yeah. really is. And I, I, th- I mentioned this earlier, but so I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. I don't remember exactly when, but um, one of the teams of girls did this documentary. And so I was like, sure, I will participate. And they were interviewing women in, in tech in the area and trying to put a face again to what does a woman in tech look like and talk about your jobs and things like that. And I was really impressed because they did everything from, you know, setting it up to manning the camp or sorry, womaning whatever the yes. camera <laughs> um, <laughs> to coming up with the questions. And I think you may remember this, Rachel, but I was really, um, they really surprised me because they did a ton of research on me. And at the end, they like blew me away with a question that was more about my personal life. And I was like, how did you know about this? <laughs> and <laughs> I was yeah. like, this cannot be filmed. But <laughs> I was very impressed. Um, but it was really great. And then again, towards um, the end of it, when you saw the final product, and they had put this film together, and it was really impressive. And that was just one team of maybe I don't even know, like 10 girls um, with their mm-hmm. with their leader. And that was fantastic. So I can only imagine with all the other programming that you put together, like what's involved. And it's so amazing. Yes. Multiply that by 100. And that is yeah. happening every year, every day, every week. Incredible. Um, it's amazing. Listen to this podcast, but come and see it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I did have another question. So we talk a lot about STEM. Um, and then I know um, – sort of the next thing is STEAM. So instead of just the, you know, the STEM part, adding in art and design, is that a conversation that you are talking about or thinking about? Um, What's your take on that? We're based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and Cambridge is a STEAM city. They are all about the A in STEAM (laughs) and all the other things, and it is great. So we're definitely engaged in that conversation as kind of a leader, leading organization in that world in Cambridge. We are pretty intentionally a STEM organization, and um and are keeping it that way but that said you will find the arts all over the place in our curriculum in unexpected ways so uh, you will find that the girls will have in the middle school program there's a a unit on making a robot and it's a small one with uh, and you know, it takes them a week or two or three over the course of time to build this thing. They get to choose what the robot does. And so the curriculum doesn't say like make a robot that ties your shoe or whatever. You you get to pick, and that's huge so cool. for girls to okay. have that creativity. This year, what they did is they made a glitter throwing robot, <laughs> <laughs> and they made art, and it was awesome. I wish we had better video of it. To oh be honest, God, we have grainy like phone jiggling video, <laughs> but. These little robot arms were throwing glitter. Like oh one arm would put down a little bit of glue, and another one would throw the glitter, and then you kind of shake it off, and it made a pattern and a picture. And wow! Um, and if that's the thing that engages the girl in the technology and the engineering and the art, like great. Yeah, sure. Whatever it takes to get the girl excited about it, go for it. Maybe it's nature that gets the girl excited yeah. about it. Maybe it's her own body. Maybe it's art. Maybe who knows? Um, I love welcome how much it you, all. I love how much you're speaking our language. Cause that's what that's what she geeks out is all about. And it's it's a hard concept, I think, for people to understand. They're like, aren't you just like a tech organization and have talked like, about we're like so science? much more. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that. It's about yeah. getting the nugget of what people get. What yeah, it's like what, what gets you fired up. So. Definitely. Oh, so yeah. glad we're supporting you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so another question I had, um, and this is 
from an experience I had a few years ago volunteering with another group in Cambridge. Um, and what I won't name them, but what they had said was that um, they were also um, more focused on on programming for girls, but they had started to shift away from that because they saw that that had actually started to hurt the boys who were in their program because they weren't getting access to the same kinds of um, experiences and, um, you know, intellectual stuff. And so is that a conversation that Science Club for Girls is having? And obviously, we're all for keeping this and keeping the girls going and really growing them. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, because um, I know this is sort of like an overarching um, consideration. Yes, we hear it from time to time. It's not a huge conversation that we have. Uh, we're lucky to be in this city and this world where it's pretty accepted that there's a need for girl-only programming in STEM. Um, I get it at home sometimes from my son, who is three, and um, he's really excited about what I do, and he loves Science Club for Girls, and every now and then he'll come to the office when I need to drop in on a weekend or whatever, and uh, he'll come to events, and he's like, wait, can I be in this? Like, why is there not Science Club for Boys? And I just kind of have to say to him, you know, Fritz, I will totally support you starting that. Uh, <laughs> that is great. But this is for girls. Uh, and there's a need for that. And I mean, I have this conversation with three-year-old. I have it with 30-year-olds <laughs> and 60-year-olds as well. Um, and there are definitely, from time to time, parents who say, I'd love to sign my daughter up for this, particularly like a Saturday program. What am I supposed to do with my son? during that time, and we point them to resources. Um, Ballet. At, right. Yes. Arts. Right. Um, <laughs> cooking. Exactly. Light cleaning. Sure. I'm down with all of this. <laughs> Things like that. No. Um, it is a serious issue, yeah. um, and it's, absolutely, it's true for our partner sites as well. Sometimes, as they say, we'd love to have you in, but we're not a girl-only environment. What are we supposed to do with the boys? And we help people think creatively about what to do with that but to just be really honest about it it's been a boys club for a really long time yeah well i mean part of the reason and you so know i'm okay with it being a girls club <laughs> yeah. for a little while here just well okay part of the reason that. i was asking is because you know obviously she geeks out gets us a lot too where we're hosted at different companies and a lot of times they'll say we love what you're doing and we're we fully support this but we want our men to be involved too and i'm like yeah but Rachel and I talk about this a lot. Like there still is this need for women-only spaces and um, conversations and groups. And it's not about putting down the other gender, but really just giving us that that way to continue to push forward. And so, you know, it's obviously still a consideration as well for, you know, young young children as well as professionals. But um, yeah, yeah, we're all in the same boat with that. Yep. <laughs> yes. I will say for us – we accept in the program girls, of course, and those who identify as girls. So mm -hmm. we um, sort of are right there in in that issue. We accept male mentors, uh, particularly oh, in the, okay. in the um, older grades. We would certainly accept a male mentor for younger students. They tend um, to just kind of land in some of our teen programs more naturally, given the curriculum and mm -hmm. the structure and the timing and, and that kind of thing. But we do have male mentors. They're amazing, every single one of them. Uh, they're great allies, and I think it's important for our girls girls to know that male allies are important mm -hmm. and that 
men can be huge yeah. champions um, and friends and mentors just as much as women can. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, we certainly welcome men to be part of our mentor community. We also have an ambassadors group that is a group of folks who are really fired up about our mission and our cause, not volunteering directly in the clubs, but mm -hmm. are volunteering to kind of spread the word. Uh, we've got a number of guys in that group, um, and they are also just amazing and wonderful um, and just right there out front Love saying, it. this is important to yeah. me as a guy. Yes. Huge. I think that's so important too, because like there is a space for men to be involved. Absolutely. You can be a male ally. <laughs> yes. Male ally. Yeah. There's we're, lots we're of great fans. literature emerging about male allies. Yes. And um, some of it written by women, some of it written by men. Yep. About, <laughs> I read one, in fact, this morning uh, as I was. I, well, I shouldn't confess that I was driving at the time, but I was. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was parking. And, um, but it was written by a guy, and the, the tone of it basically was like, dudes, ally implies supporting role. So please do not do things like have a panel about supporting women in STEM that is all guys. You're there to support. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that <laughs> um and so there was a little bit of that like oh my gosh guys get out of your own way and also really helpful advice about how to do it well and 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 basically it was listen to what women say they need from you yeah. and that can be verbal and direct and it can also be unspoken mm -hmm. so shush <laughs> and listen with like all of your listening powers to things that are overt and things that are not yeah. and then do those things that's great actually and if you send us the link maybe we can include it in yeah. the show notes we will do yes that. i would love to that would be lovely while i'm not driving while you're not please, driving yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Please>. safety first <laughs> <laughs> that's what we say in the lab as well right, <laughs> right. Safety, first. safety get, get those goggles on yes um do you think we just have a few more questions yeah we're we're getting to it um yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, one thing we wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, what's your favorite Science Club for Girls memory so far? Oh, this is hard. Mm -hmm. You did give me this question ahead of time, and I did think about it, and I had <laughs> such a hard time choosing. I think my current favorite is visiting a club at Northeastern University last fall, and I was there just to not do anything except to observe and just get a feel for how it was going, and... Um, it was an engineering club. I want to say the girls were fourth graders. And so I think their curriculum uh, was building different structures to solve problems. And their particular activity that day, every club is all about the hands-on activities, very mm -hmm. girl-driven. And this one involved building a geodesic dome out of rolled-up tubes of newspaper. Cool. And yeah, it's really fun. It's a lot of work. It takes a whole club of girls to do it because it ends up being, if you're normal my size, um, <laughs> maybe about... Shoulder height, a little lower. About to say boob height. That's about, that's about how. That's about how tall it is. So you can fit a whole club of girls inside it when you've built it. And so they're learning about building and how strong triangles are mm -hmm. as shapes, and how if you put a bunch of triangles together, you can build this thing. So it's all these tubes of newspaper, and the girls are holding them together. Mentors are coming around and stapling or taping the different junctures, and the girls who had been holding the corners were kind of stepping back from time and. You might think that they would kind of lose focus and attention while these last touches were happening, but they didn't. Mm. And they really, they, they chattered, as girls do. 
But it was all about <laughs> physics and <laughs> awesome. building and stuff. And it was really neat to watch. And so there's the last tallest mentor standing in the middle of this thing, holding the last pieces together. And the dome is spreading out all around her. And one of the girls pipes up and she says, oh, my gosh. It's like the nerdiest ball gown ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have, this is one of those times where it would have been easy for the mentors to be like, ha, oh, okay, let's focus. Like, let's talk about this thing. Um, or, you know, please pay attention. Right. Grab, go to the next thing, whatever. But the mentor rolled with it like a good club leader does mm-hmm. and said, all right. So if you wanted it to be a ball gown, <laughs> it would need to move. Huh. How would you change the design? if you needed it to be in motion and if it's going to be a ball gown it's going to have some fabric on it and maybe some beads and sequins and things you know it's going to have stuff on it that's going to be heavy Mm -hmm. how would you change the design to incorporate motion and all this weight how would you calculate that i mean they're fourth graders they're not doing like super deep calculating Mm -hmm. but they were talking through it and they were talking about sort of cinderella princess ball gown stuff and not one time did prince charming come up and that's pretty great that's a nice story that's good i like that yeah so we we, i know we're like running out of time here so um we already asked what you geek out about everything (laughs) everything and finance (laughs) yeah finance it's true you nerd out about that stuff i do how come I just, I think it's an incredible way of telling the story about what's important and how things work. Um, and I have found that to be true in my career as there have been a couple of times where I had opportunities. This was um, in Governor Patrick's campaigns and in state government where I kind of got to look around and see what I wanted to do. And I always chose to be around the money because I felt Mm. like it was the place where I could learn the most. Mm. And uh, you put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's an incredible tool for accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And those numbers tell a story. And it's great to be, to understand what that story is when you're reading, you know, deep in QuickBooks or reading an audit or whatever. I mean, yep. it sounds so nerdy, but that's who we are here. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, it tells you an important story about what's important. Yeah. Um, and I, I love it. Well I said. It. Well said. I do love finances and I love using all the web tools. I've used many of them, but. Felicia knows, get me away from an Excel spreadsheet because I don't know what I'm doing. But see, whereas I love Excel. I know, so it's very odd. Point me at it. I know. <laughs> you make a good numbers. team. Yes, we yes. do. <laughs> Yin and yang. Um, so let's get to the fun boss. Yeah, question. let's get to the fun stuff. So we have to ask this because, as you know, from having attended our events, we, we like our drinking <laughs> as well as our eating and our nerding out. But what's your favorite drink of choice? It doesn't have to be alcoholic, but. <laughs> oh, uh, of course, my mind went right to alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It, it, well, I'm from the South. And so I do love a good glass of iced tea. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it sweet. I like sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember my mother makes this amazing sweet mint tea. Oh, that and that is just good. what I thought iced tea was. I remember the first glass of tea that I had uh, at a restaurant brutal. that was like, not that. Oh, it must have yeah. been and so disappointing. I was yeah. mad. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I think you brought me the wrong thing. And they're like, no. <laughs> 
you just don't understand. Uh, so I do do like me a good glass of sweet tea. And you have no uh, southern accent, by the way. Well, like, never would have known. get to the drinking. See, uh, <laughs> we're in the trick. right uh, neighborhood. Get me with some other southerners and a couple yeah. of glasses of wine, and oh, then I will be. sound like the biggest redneck you ever. A real party. <laughs> um, there's nothing gracious about my accent. I sound like a total redneck. No, no, I um, love so I love southern accents. My favorite alcoholic beverage. I, I default to wine and beer because I'm a total lightweight now that I have two children. But um, I like a good single malt scotch. I really Ooh, do. Classy. My husband and I honeymooned in Scotland. And he's oh, not fun. a big drinker, but we did go to a couple of wonderful places. And so uh, we were on the Isle of Skye oh, beautiful. for a little bit. And there, Please tell me you were there in the summertime. Yes, good. in June. Good. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and there is a distillery there that we went to and that. That might be my fave. Oh, nice. Well, it must be. Is it hard to, do you get them here? Yes, it's yeah. Talisker. You can get okay, it. Okay, easy. Good stuff. Good, Talisker. For our, for our wedding anniversary last year, which was our 10th, he gave me. Congratulations. A, thank you. Um, a, a 10-year-old bottle of oh, Talisker. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, yes, I, I love it. And uh, yeah. Thoughtful. Yes. <laughs> He's like, they might have been making this while we were yeah. there. I was like, yeah, sure. It's well, humongous, but let's believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, romantic. Yes. That's nice. That's nice. Um, He's good at great. those things. And so I love it. And then where might you be found hanging out, perhaps enjoying, you know, this glass of single malt scotch <laughs> yeah. or not? Um, um, where do you hang out normally? Uh, where where would you find me? You would find me at Science Club for Girls, yes. geeking out Clearly. as I do. <laughs> you would find me with my kiddos and uh, my husband, the purchaser of the scotch, um, who has many other fine qualities other than his ability to go to the liquor store. Uh, <laughs> well, he's good at that too. Uh, you would find me at the Boston Philharmonic. Oh, I am nice. a very proud board member of the Boston Philharmonic. Oh, awesome. I love it as a musical institution um, and as a music education powerhouse in this city. It's just a great, great place. Love it. Um, you would find me at Trinity Church on Copley Square. Mm. I have been a member there for forever, and I'm now a member of the Vestry um, and leadership group there. Nice. And what an amazing community to be a part of. And I'm really, really proud to be hanging out there yeah. a lot. Awesome. It's a beautiful it, building. It is a beautiful building. It's a beautiful group of people Aww. inside and outside that building. And um, well said. It's, it's great to be a part of. So. That's nice. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, great. Lonsdale. Hopefully you're not all talked out because we've still got your talk to go later yeah. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Good. It's awesome. going to be awesome. We're thank you so much for having me oh. for my first ever podcast. Yeah. This is exciting. Thanks for taking part. And um, yeah, we, we will talk to you soon. Let's go geek out. Let's go Woo. geek out. All right. So that was Lonsdale. She's great. She is great. She's lovely. She also took the first photo of us being podcasty. Yeah. The behind the scenes look. Yeah. Which is something we we had not done before. Yeah. But that was fun. That was fun, actually. She yeah. put it on Twitter. Yeah. And we're, we're so cool you can, if you follow us on Twitter. Or if you follow or, Science Club for Girls. Or her. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically, we talked about all those things. Science Club for Girls. You should check it out. Um, you should check us out on iTunes. Rate and review. Please, please. Give us all the feedback. It helps so much when you do that. It yeah. helps both us getting feedback and it also helps with our our standing in the iTunes black box universe. <laughs> so that's that's also helpful. And, yeah. and if you're interested in staying in touch with us, please don't hesitate to reach out to us um, on through our website at sheeksout.com. We have LinkedIn group. Yeah, we're we have, on all the platforms. Yeah, Facebook, Almost Instagram, platforms. Twitter. Yeah, we are not so. doing Snapchat. We are not doing Periscope <laughs> as of this recording. Not yet. At, as of this recording. So we, we will see. <laughs> all right. Well, 
Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. 